Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Man podcast. Uh, final episode of Shocktober. Clanking chains, clanking chains, creaky door, creaky door. Um, swamp thing. Swamp thing. I, I'm joined today <laughs> for this, uh, the spookiest episode of the year, as it is December the 31st. No, it's not December the 31st. What did I say? December, December the 31st. 31st. Okay. It's a scary time, though. It is a End scary of a year, time, beginning anyway. of a new one. Lots what does 2022 hold? COVID 2022? Mm. I hope not. Um, you know what? It is December the 31st. It could be when they're listening to I'm going to release this December the 31st now. It's going to make no sense. Uh, look, it's October the 31st, All Hallows' Eve. Uh, and I'm joined, as ever, not as ever, as basically semi-regular now, I guess, uh, by Paul. Paul Hello. Hudson, he's, he's joining me. Uh, he's co-hosting today. Uh, thank you for coming in and taking part in the spookiest episode of the year. We, I'm not surprised you asked mm-hmm. one of the most ghostly vo- voiced voice presences you could have. And you know, it's been a while since we recorded a podcast, uh, because the last episode we released, last week's episode, was actually a pre-recorded episode anyway, because it was the one that was a summary of the LFF stuff. Oh, so that, so that had got delayed till last ago. week. Okay, so so uh, kind of... in. In fitting season mode, uh, we had to blow some cobwebs off these microphones. Spiders are spooky. Anyway, nothing spookier than a podcaster. Um, No, I've done the research. It says here, podcaster, Frankenstein, and Draculas. Where does Franking Machine rank on it? (laughs) Franking Machine... For people who work in the Royal Mail, is number one most spooky. Number one most oh, thing. number two most spooky. Sorry, after podcasters. Oh yes, of they're, course. they're, they're, they're still scared of podcasters. They're universal, but it sits just above letter with no postcode and just under haunted house and big dog in a house. <laughs> Don't get enough of that in movies anymore. Where a I know this isn't quite Shocktober related. But I guess you could set a movie in Halloween season and put a dog in it. Have you Um, seen Don't Breathe? I assume the dog made it to the sequel, or a dog. But there isn't a scene where the postman is just walking up to the letterbox and then gets chased around, and like maybe a string of sausages comes out of his pocket or whatever. I see. see. That's like a fun thing. I did actually rewatch. Uh, early early seasons of The Simpsons not too long ago, uh-huh. and uh, lots of strings of sausages. The, well, there's lots of dogs chasing people mm-hmm. in, in early Simpsons early Simpsons episodes. In the early nineties, that was kind of a big fear of um, of sort of middle America, you know. Mm. And The Simpsons has been really good at um, sort of relating what we're scared about at the time into what the entertainment of the time reflects. Yeah. Much in the same way that horror movies do. Wow, what a pivot! What a segue. Um, I believe in Friends there is a scene where they have to pivot and that would have been a perfect thing to say there. That would have been a perfect example of a, a good pivot. Holiday armadillo. Mm. Anyway, it was a great pivot into today's subject, which is just spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. So obviously podcast is the most spooky things, but also a big spooky thing that we have to contend with at the moment is 
Slasher movies seem to be getting a, a second wind. Well, technically, I guess a third wind. Yeah. Because the original slasher movies, you know, going back to things like Psycho. I mean, arguably a fourth wind. Wow, okay. Because of ancient Greece, of no, course. No, because if, if we go Psycho as the first lot, okay. if that's what, 50s? Oh, okay. Then we get, yeah. then we get mm-hmm. this then we get the surge at the late late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And then late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. I'd completely negated to think about the late seventies, early eighties yeah. stuff. Despite, despite the fact that the quiz that I've put together for you later is mo- mostly based on them. It's got a few questions about that stuff in it. Anyway. Oh. Look, um we've just seen the release of Halloween Kills. Mm. The bloodiest Halloween instalment to date. I will take your word on that one. Uh, it is. I've done the research. Mm. Four more droplets of blood than in <laughs> Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, so, yeah. It's weird how they were all during the credits. It's almost like they wanted to break the record. If they'd have squeezed just a bit more out of Danny Trejo when he gets his head caved in with a television. Um, I remember a lot about that movie, and I didn't like it. But isn't that always the case? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm not going to go back and rewatch it. I thought about it last night. I was sitting here and I was just like, oh, it's the night before Halloween. I feel like maybe I should watch a spooky. Um, What did I end up watching? I think just nothing. I just stared at a blank screen and I started laughing at it. Well, that's quite spooky. Mm. (laughs) You know. (laughs) And then the demons came out and were like, okay, you really need to go to bed now. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's the sort of most, you know, brutal and highest kill count of the, uh, the Halloween franchise to date. There's a lot of deaths. We've also got next year, we've got the, um, return of the Scream franchise. Yeah. Ghostface Killer, obviously. Reprising um, his role. Reprising his role, leaving the Wu-Tang Clan for a bit and picking up, um, the... The Woodsboro yeah. knife again, which does remind me, I actually have some Ghostface Killer related tr- news to tell you. Is it something that needs to go in the podcast? Why or not? It's you... spooky enough. Okay, there are now there are Ghostface Killer uh, crisps to celebrate the 25th anniversary of his debut solo album. Is this real? Um, okay, yeah, this on. is real, and I'm, I'm not sure how to feel about it's this. It's all right. This the jalapeno ep- flavor, which apparently is that what Ghostface Killer tastes like. Uh, chips. Okay. Right, let's have a look. So I was certainly scared when I saw it, so Is this new news? New new news, yeah. Uh, right, new hang news. on. I'm I'm just googling Ghostface Killer chips. Uh potato chips, I suppose mm. I should put in. Because at the moment it seems to be talking about NFTs. Potato. He probably has some of those. He's probably an NFT. He probably is. Um I mean, I'm seeing Rap Snacks Fetty Wop Honey Jalapeno are a seventeen thirty seven out of seventeen thirty eight. Is that something he says? Is that okay. a thing that Fetty Maybe. Wop says? Hey, let's move on. Uh, it was. It was I'm a- really annoyed about the fact that I can't now find I'm, this story. I will find them because I did. Um, I, I found them the other day. Oh, hang on. I've got them here. Here we go. Uh, so this is a limited. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, exotic snacks sly exotic snacks l i i don't know anyway uh, oh long island that's probably it long, uh, yeah uh, announces limited edition potato chip product celebrating 25th anniversary of ghostface killer's debut album iron man okay so they are jalapeno flavor um 
they look like regular chips. I was hoping they would look. I was hoping they'd look like him as well. But yeah, I suppose. I mean, I suppose that's a really difficult yeah. form factor to master. Yeah. Um, it's not quite like Space Invaders, is it? Where you can, or even if they just did like the Wu symbol and just been like, would, you know, yeah. it's close enough to yeah. like. Anyway, well, that's good. Um, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to track down. A, <laughs> uh, we'll have to Put track down, down a copy for you. Um, Okay, yeah. Anyway, well, sorry. Uh, sorry for that. No, it's fine. We're going to... We, this this episode is not necessarily a heavy episode in terms of content, so something like that was an absolutely fine tangent to go on because, um, you know, what else are we going to do? Uh, but we've got the return of Scream next year, um, yeah. and we've also got Netflix picking up uh, the text or... Ch- uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre new film, yeah, which is just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I don't even know when that's supposed to be coming out. Then, in fairness, if you look on, if you look twenty twenty two, the stuff that's not the sort of previous big name stuff, you then mm. have Netflix doing the Fear Street trilogy this year of mm. doing that sort of, which I'm sure are good, and I did promise I would watch for a Shocktober mm. episode. Me too, but I haven't got around to it yet. But hey, um, but again, it seemed to be going down that that slightly that teen slasher route but mm. even i'd say slightly younger teen than other the other ones are geared towards but hey um i don't know i heard i heard very bloody no, things enough. about it oh i just meant in terms of like the, but know, then the, of course the there is the i know what you did last summer tv yes. show that's just hitting on yeah. amazon at the moment there's a lot of stuff out there now yeah. and it does feel like maybe it's just that thing where it's like well we've had 20 years now mm. between sort of the high points of the slasher revival of the 90s. Yeah. And it's that cyclical thing of horror is always sort of eating itself and Mm. will always regurgitate tropes and things like that and genres. But then also, I think the other thing that has to come into play is that there is now this sort of, um, I guess, like a fetishization of nostalgia. Yeah. And I think the late 90s, early 2000s are currently the bit that is being, uh, by TikTokers and things like that, you know. Yeah, well, it's go- it just goes in the phases, doesn't it? You know, it was 80s not that long ago, and you saw, you know, you saw things like Stranger Things booming yes. within that. And it now feels like, like five, six years on from there, mm. we're probably five, six years on from 1984. Yeah. And we're hitting the 90s. Yeah. And we're starting to see... I mean, I... Um, <laughs> This is something I said to Andy, but um, are you aware of Olivia Rodrigo? I am aware of, but I do not know. She's an actor and a singer. She's in the High School Musical TV series, as far as we know. The one that's like a mockumentary thing. Yeah, yeah, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yes, I think that's what it is. Um, But then she's also a recording artist now, and she has a song out that is... Basically, the only the only reason I'm aware of the song is because it basically rips off Elvis Costello's "Pump It Up" in terms of its tune. Quite, I mean, you know, and he's fine with it because he's kind of like, well, everyone's been doing this for ages, so yeah. it's not like it's actually anything. I new. seem to recall seeing that and mm. him saying he's not bothered. Yeah. At all. Uh, because I think he basically said, well, I'd have to start paying royalties to Bob Dylan for half of the stuff yeah. I did. Um, but anyway, she's got a song called Brutal. Uh, and in the video for that, she's dressed like she's in like a Skechers commercial from the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. And I'm like, oh, 
okay, so this is now in. Right. And this is someone who was clearly not born at the time that she's almost imitating in yeah. terms of the dress sense. And I wonder if it's just that thing of, like, the the generation now see that same nostalgia for something that... Okay, so I grew up in the 90s and I would have watched movies from the 80s as a kid growing up in the 90s and kind of like, oh, that's something I associate with my childhood. That's something I associate with sort of a simpler time. And you're always going to remember a time that you didn't pay bills more fondly than the time that you do. True. That's that's the thing, right? That might might be the key. You might have just cracked nostalgia. And I wonder if... You know, the the studios now in Hollywood and the streaming services are seeing this and going, oh, okay, so this is now sort of the in yeah. uh, thing again. Well, let's reboot a lot of these things. So, you know, Scream was probably the breakout success of the 90s, yeah. you would say, in the horror genre. And now oh, is it, the it, right time to... Well, it, it completely changed the the way slasher films were done for a good while. Yeah, of course, you know, New Nightmare, but don't even worry but, okay. about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, five people saw put New it this, Nightmare. Yeah, Wes Craven went, I'm going to go mm. make New Nightmare and I'm going to change slasher films again mm. after I've already done it. Yeah. And then he went, oh, no one watched that. I'm going to go make Scream and I'm going to change slasher films because no one watched New Nightmare. New Nightmare which, box office, let's see how many people... Fine. Uh, yes, I think that's right. And uh, it kind of feels like now is the case that it's... Yeah, it's getting to that point where they're going, okay, well, we've got a whole new generation of kids who didn't grow up with Scream mm. or with uh, I Know What You Did Last Even Summer. Even the Emma Roberts one's a long time ago now. Or... Yes, yeah, Scream 4 is 2010, I think. 2011, mm. maybe. Um, so yeah it's you know we're looking at a decade since the last installment and I appreciate there were plans for a fifth apparently but obviously um, uh, Wes Craven's death was sort of the thing that put the stops on that as far as I know 19.8 million dollars box office for uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare I'm going to take a wild guess that Scream was slightly more than that Uh, yeah probably a little bit more but not that much Eight million budget. Mm. Oh, wow. Those gigantic nightmare ovens at the end don't come cheap. Um, anyway, uh, I'm just going to Google screen box office at 173 million. So, like I was saying, New Nightmare really revolutionized yeah. everything, and everyone saw that movie. Um, but yeah, so Scream, it kind of feels like, well, 10 years have passed now since the last one. Yeah. It feels like, okay, well, that's now a natural point where even since then, there are people who are going to the cinema now or who are interested in this kind of thing or have come of sort of age where they're watching horror movies who didn't even see that Mm. first time round in the cinema. And maybe it's just a case of like, uh, for example, something like um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is another weird one because like two, three years ago, you had Leatherface which was a prequel. Right. It starred maybe Finn... What's his name? Finn Jones? From Game of Thrones and Iron Fist. Mm. Um, Starred him in a sort of supporting role. Yeah. Um, But again, it was one of those films that kind of felt like we have to make a thing because we've got to keep the rights or something like that. Or just, oh, we have to make a thing that doesn't just feel like we're remaking... 
uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. And yet, probably no one saw that movie. Yeah. Which was the version that was done to sort of reinvent it or whatever. And now you've got Netflix picking up the rights to the new version that's coming out next year. And it's like, so much of it just feels like it's treading water and just... Mm. Okay, what can we recycle here? Yeah, and I mean that's that's always going to be a problem with um, horror or whatever, isn't it? I mean, it, it doesn't matter whether it's horror or not, I suppose. But horror is so ripe for it because they're so cheap to make. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously you did the podcast a couple of weeks ago about you know the sort of build your own Blumhouse thing, and even your options for that two two of the three in involved rehashing something old yes uh and it go, and you know you you look at things like fantasy island coming out and no it's not slasher but um it's it's doing that kind of it uh, i don't know it's, it's nonsense is what it, it is, is nonsense but yeah um and and then uh, this is exactly when you look at you know scream and halloween coming back texas chainsaw coming back um you know, again, even arguably, not going to be quite horror, probably, by the looks of it, but the fact that Resident Evil is getting a reboot already. Yes. You know, that's like four and we're, years. Yeah, we're like five, four or five maybe, years down yeah. the line from the last one. It yeah. just kind of feels like... It feels like that space between is now getting shorter. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what it... I don't think it matters what it's for. You know, you see, uh, I think, uh, having... Um, sort of five Batmans and three Spidermans in recent years has mm-hmm. probably not helped either. But hey, um, but you know, I think people have obviously looked over the last few years at, at cinema and gone, oh, so what are the these new horror films? Well, you know, what 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 things have made a fairly good yeah reception in this field? Oh, Happy Death Day. Yeah, that went down well. That is, in my opinion. A modern slasher film. Yeah. And it's one that does it quite well. Happy Death Day to You was also pretty decent considering. Mm. And then you see that the fact that there's been these films in recent years. And then they look at the other things where you've had stuff like... Um, I think you've ter- termed them as splasher films before. Stuff like Ready or Not mm. um, of recent years as well. And then you look at um, what else there's been, you know in that same sort of field, Belco Experiment, yeah. Mayhem. Um, and you look at these little films that have done quite nicely for themselves, considering the budget levels they've been at and everything. And then it's, it's no, it's no, I don't, I'm not surprised that they're going back and going, right, well, okay, let's, let's get the marketable ones. Let's get the, let's pick up all of those yeah. and do them again. You know, especially with, as you say, Amazon's, uh, I know what you did last summer one, that definite, because that one, especially, much like Scream, feels mm. like it's rooted in the 90s. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's one where... That's a franchise that managed to basically kill itself off in the 90s, despite the fact that maybe the first yeah. one only came out in 99. And I'm, I'm assuming that the um, the new one set in contemporary setting... Yes. But I also seem to remember there was um, a series that did quite well last year called Cruel Summer... Um, uh, yeah, uh, Cruel Summer, which I believe was something about was was meant to be about a sort of slasher thing in the nineties. Let's have a look. Jessica Biel produced it. I know that. Which again, you know, a nice little connection to the old mm. these older films, right? Two teenage girls in the nineteen nineties and the repercussions on everyone's lives after one disappears, the other seemingly takes her place. 
I think mm. uh, it might not be quite slasher thing, but you know what I'm. You know, again, it was something where it was pining for that '90s yeah feel again. Um, so yeah, I definitely think there's there's something there, and you know, if they can spend a million on the rights and then five million on the film mm. and make something that they know they're going to bring back seventy on, I suppose yeah. they'll do it. But and it kind of feels like you know, Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018 are probably responsible for a lot of the recent... Well, certainly Halloween 2018 is responsible for a lot of the recent resurgence in interest in sort of these dormant franchises. Yeah. Because... So Halloween 2018, worldwide, made $255 million. Yeah, it's not bad. Which, if you're making a movie for less than 20, isn't a bad return. And it does feel like... Because it was that that kind of thing of like, oh, well, after decades and decades of sequels that people pretty much panned universally, wasn't it refreshing to get something that tried to do, you know, something new with the story? And uh, you'll hear on next week's episode our thoughts on Halloween yeah. Kills, which will be on News and Reviews next week. Uh, but spoiler alert, less warm on that than I was on 2018's Halloween because it kind of fell back into the trappings of some of those sequels. And isn't that weird that it feels like after one film, they're then fresh out of good ideas and it kind of feels like, okay, so you're doing three of these and then they're also doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie now and they're also doing it, I know you did last summer TV series, and someone's finally trying to get Friday the 13th rebooted, mm. and Elijah Wood wants to remake Nightmare on Elm Street, and, you know, and it's yeah. just like, all of a sudden, people are greenlighting all of these ideas, because they're like, well, we want a bit of that $255 million pie, yeah. and then it's still kind of like, yeah, but you still have to have... A good idea, or... Because a- the problem was... If you looked at the stuff that came after Scream, you know, I know you did last summer was written by Kevin Williamson, so it sh- it shared a lot of the same DNA. But if you look at a lot of the stuff around that time as well, even I know you did last summer was a pale kind of imitation in of terms Scream, of that. Yeah. Hmm. But if you look at things like Valentine, if you look at things like Urban Legend, it's just like there's so much stuff that came out in the sort of three or four years after I know, uh, sorry, after Scream, yeah. that just felt like. Oh, okay, we're we're already sort of drinking from that same well, and it is dry already because someone got there first, and that's you know. This is ultimately though it, it's it's just the age old argument, isn't it? Of just whether you rehash existing IPs or you know existing properties, or yes. you, you create you put faith in new IPs, and that's ultimately isn't it? As much as that, because as much as Halloween twenty eighteen was. A well done Halloween film. Ultimately, it was also written by people that loved the franchise. Yes, were self-professed sort of horror fans mm. from that point of view, and then they came into it as people that had also been working in the film industry on completely different stuff for so long. And then they came through and went, "Right, here's a great script we've got." And then yeah. they went, "Yep, yeah, here we go ahead make it." And mm. it and it and it worked out. Um, that's obviously not always going to happen. And this is exactly where you look at it and you just go, don't you wish they could just give five, that $5 million to someone who's got a fresh idea? 
Yeah, and it's maybe thing fresh of... ideas don't work so well in the slasher genre. But Happy Death Day worked. Does it? Did it only work because it had that Groundhog Day element to it? I don't know. Yeah, everything. I feel like when certainly when it seems to be picked up by Blumhouse, it kind of feels like there has to be a hook with it, and there has to be a thing that sort of is your angle going in. And obviously, with Happy Death Day, it was oh well, time looping. Yeah, that's and again. Time looping is a thing that has been done time and time and time and time and time again recently. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like, even though you're doing it in way different genres, like, um, boss levels, another example of it from yeah, this year. Palm Springs. Uh, yeah, and it kind of feels like you still have to have the right idea behind You can't just take the thing that works about Happy Death Day, which is the fact that, oh, okay, it's this time loop thing mm-hmm. with a kind of a charismatic lead, which I think always helps. And then going, oh, you know what? Well, we'll put this into a an action movie instead now, or yeah. we'll put this into a comedy movie instead. Palm Springs was good; I really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I haven't seen Boss Level, nor do I want to. Nope. But from right, everything that Andy's told me, minutes. I think it's fine but unremarkable. So, you know, it, it just proves that even if you're going across a different genre. which makes it obviously even harder if you're sticking within the same genre because you're inviting even more comparisons to the same thing yeah and it kind of feels like there's there's those things where you're just going the ones that stick out are probably the ones that either did it first or did it best yeah and not guaranteed that they're the same film but sometimes they are sometimes they aren't hey freaky was good yes freaky was good Mm. but again freaky there's a body swap thing that you haven't necessarily seen yeah. well, the, uh, for a while. The, the original script was literally called Freaky Friday the 13th. Yes, which is obviously a good script, mm. good name. Mm. Should have kept it. Mm. I think they had some rights issues. Mm. Mm. Yes, mm. yes. Should have called it Vince Vaughn isn't really him. That's a good name for yeah. a film. No one would have seen no that one would have film. Seen that film. <laughs> Vince, uh, Vaughan Vince Vaughan isn't really him, film. it's whoever the other person is. Catherine Newton, maybe? I think so. Anyway, so that's what I wanted to talk about, which is the fact that we're in a weird mm. position now where that seems to be maybe the next year of stuff coming up mm. is we may be moving away from a lot of the supernaturally stuff and we may be moving more into, I don't know, just like a, a revisitation of the late 90s, early 2000s. Because, again, it feels like all you're doing is putting a more modern update on the most modern update to yeah. that particular genre. Bring back all the nuclear radiated giant monsters, in my opinion. Bring back that phase of horror. The thing is, until North Korea launches some kind of nuclear missile or something, yeah, we'll that's not, not going to be reflecting the fears of the the nation at the moment, yeah. is it? It's, it is interesting. Because I suppose I think, the fears of the nation get, uh, being stabbed might be a relevant thing at the moment, so that might be why the slasher... The slasher yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of surprised that we haven't seen more sort of um, medical, like, uh, you know, even zombie movies mm. feel like they're the natural thing to come back at the moment with the last yeah. 18 months. But maybe with the fact that cinema is ultimately a form of escapism... Maybe even, you know, maybe if you're not uh, the guy that did Songbird, mm. you're not thinking about, hmm, let's make a... But people, oh, actually, but no, people they've, they've greenlit have. Contagion 2. Have they? Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> COVID, I guess. Yeah, but like... 
was anyone was anyone crying no. out for a sequel to Contagion? Apart from maybe the guy again, the guy who made it, maybe. Hmm. What's his okay. name? Oh, who it's the fella Oh, that's you you're on it. I'm just gonna have a look at Contagion Two being greenlit here. Um Contagion sequel in the works from Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh, that's who it was. Well, the problem is, I'm finding one article on this from December 2020 saying it's been updated, it's been, he's, he's working on it. Mm. Um, hey, maybe greenlit was the wrong word, but... Okay, okay. It's a uh, sorry. It's a philosophical a philosophical sequel to Contagion, but in a different context and different characters and different story. Okay. Okay. You'll look at them as kind of paired, but very different hair colors. What, what okay. does that mean? Uh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Anyway, uh, what I was going to do was move on, and we're going to end on something lighthearted and fun. Only a short little quiz here, just to see some horror movie stuff that I want you to see if you can get. Is it slasher specific? Not all. Okay. Not all. There's a okay. there's a round on slashers, okay. but then the other two rounds are on um, box office and award season. Ooh. Okay. So, just a little light-hearted way to end the part today. Yeah. So, round one, slashers. Okay, so question one in round one. Which of these franchises has had the most installments to date? Crossovers, not included. Okay. Halloween, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. I think it's got to be A Nightmare on Elm Street. What makes you think that? Because I just... With how ingrained that character is into sure. into the zeitgeist, and I'm thinking just from off the top of my head, I think I can think of like five or six titles mm-hmm. that they've done for him. So Halloween, I'm thinking there's been oh sugar no, because Halloween had like two different batches of it had that batch in the 2000s, didn't it, where it had a load of films. I'm I'm still gonna go with. It's going to be it's going to be Friday the Thirteenth now, but I'm still going to go with Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, how many how many do you guess? My guess you won't is, get an extra point for this unless you get no, it bang on the money. My guess is nine. Okay, interesting. So in third place, yeah, with eight films. Oh my days! A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh what? Not including crossovers, so Freddy versus Jason isn't yeah. in there. In second place. With 11 films, Friday the 13th. How many Halloween films have there been? First place, Halloween, 12 films. What? And obviously okay. 13 next year. Oh, blimey. There will it's be a 13th year, then, in Halloween before there is a, a 12th in Friday the 13th or a 9th oh, in Nightmare on Elm Street. So obviously you have Halloween the original, mm. then you've got Halloween 2 yeah. in 81, I think it was. And then you've got Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Doesn't have Michael Myers in, but it's still, still part Halloween of the franchise. Film. Yeah. Halloween 4, Halloween 5, Halloween 6, mm. Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection, 
Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween, Halloween Kills. Oh my days. I forgot about the Halloween and Halloween 2, the second lot. Friday the 13th? Oh man, you've got Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, Friday the 13th, The New Blood, I think, The Next Generation maybe, Um, Friday the 13th, uh, God, all of the other ones basically. All right. But yes, let's not dwell in my wrongness. And then the most recent one for Friday the 13th was the 2009 um, reboot. Yeah. Um, But Nightmare on Elm Street's only had nine, including Freddy vs. Jason. So I'll give you the I'll give you the point for getting nine because technically, yes, including the crossover nine. But yeah, if you think about it, between. Wes Craven's New Nightmare yeah. and Freddy vs. Jason, yeah. there wasn't one. Yeah. And we're not even counting Freddy vs. Jason. So yeah. if you're going between Wes Craven's New Nightmare in 95, I think it was, or 94, yeah. then to 2010 as the next installment, yeah. Halloween had two films, 98 and 2002, yeah. And then another one in 2007, another one in 2009. So it had four films in a time where Nightmare on Elm Street had none. none. Blimey. They really pumped those suckers yeah. out. Yeah. Um, however, this is one that I'm not expecting you to get necessarily, but I've given you a one in three chance by giving you the three options. Which of those franchises technically exists within the Transformers universe? As in, so one of those films, is, one of those films is a is a fictional film within the Transformers universe. No. One of those films is in the same universe, universe as the as Transformers th- movies. Right, it's the same world. I'm hoping, I'm praying, it's not Halloween. It's not Halloween. So I'm gonna go. Who's more likely to face Megatron, <laughs> Freddy or Jason? Um... Have they ever interacted? No. I'll well, give you the reason, reason why it's moment. linked. Okay. Okay. Um, right. I'm pure... Right. Which one's the one that always says bitch? Fred, Freddy. Freddy. Then Jason is the one... Jason? Yeah. I think because I think that tran- the Transformers universe wouldn't want to wouldn't want to form a connection with something that wasn't so p- wasn't PG, uh, and I say PG in the, the literally in language only. Yeah, weirdly, the other one doesn't talk, so he's fine. Obviously, the Transformers series is basically pornographic in terms of its cinematography. Yeah, um, it is Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. So Friday the Thirteenth, the two thousand and nine reboot. Featured a character played by Travis Van Winkle, who was called Trent DeMarco. Yeah. Trent DeMarco, the character played by Travis Van Winkle, also appears as the boyfriend of Megan Fox's character at the beginning of Transformers. He plays the same character in both movies, and canonically that character dies in Friday the 13th in 2009, and obviously two years before had been in Transformers. Sensational. It's never referenced yeah. other than the fact that they share exactly the same name. Yeah. So if you go on Played IMDb and search for Trent DeMarco character, it in- comes up as him being in two films, Transformers yeah. in 2007 and Friday the 13th in 2009. Isn't that bizarre? That is 
who made Friday the 13th in 2009? Was it have anything to do with Michael Bay? Was it so, Platinum Dunes? It was Platinum Dunes produced. So, there but then go. again, so was the Freddy. Uh, so was the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. So, oh, okay. and so were the um, Texas Chainsaw ones. So, you know, so he could have put Optimus Prime into any of them. But yet he chose Friday the 13th. Is it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is that set in some like? Like, it's in Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That would make sense. That would make sense. Um, yeah. Okay. So my thinking is then Bumblebee two. She's gonna go to. Hey, maybe she's, she's gonna end good. up in Texas Chainsaw That'll Massacre. I think she's California in Bumblebee, isn't she? Yeah, but, but I, I'm yeah, just I could imagine she could get that era to as well. I think it's set in the eighties. Is it? I thought Bumblebee was set in the eighties. Oh, maybe you're right. Hmm. I thought it was like modern day, no, but she likes the 80s. I don't think so. I Bumpy. think it was set because it was a prequel to uh, Transformers. I thought it was erasing all of Transformers. Oh, I hope it was. Uh, I let's hope see. it was. No, you're right. 1987. There right. we go. So, yeah. I think... Can't believe how little I remember about the movie that I like the most in that franchise. Yeah, um, yeah okay. So, maybe that's it. Maybe they're going to tie that into next year uh, but Platinum Dunes aren't doing ah, thingies going forward so hmm. anyway but well done oh, so got... this is where Optimus Prime props up in A Quiet Place 3 you got the point you got the point uh, <laughs> now kill counts in slasher movies okay I've got the top three kill counts yeah can you name who they might be now I'm going to give you a clue here two of them are ones that we've talked about previously Specific in these questions films. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, actual killers. Oh, okay. There is a there is a big asterisk next to one of them. Okay. But so two of them are yeah. killers that are featured in those films that we've discussed yeah, yeah. above. One of them isn't in those films. Okay. It's in another horror franchise of the two thousands. I'll yeah. give you that. Okay. So top has got to be Michael Myers. Michael Myers, because he's been in twenty seven hundred mm. films. Um. Then it's gonna be uh Jason. Jason. Okay, so you've got two right but yeah. in the wrong order, I'll tell you that. Oh, Jason's killed more than Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Don't worry, we'll we'll have a guessing round where you have to guess Jeez. how many. Um Now now this is where I fall down a little bit on mm-hmm. the third one, because in my head yeah. I'm going Ghostface Killer, but I'm also going he was Throughout the franchise, various different people, if I recall correctly. Yeah, uh, so the, the article I read was listing Ghostface as a killer. Yeah. As one single entity. Is that why there's the asterisk? Uh, no. no. Okay, so he's not that answer then. I see. Uh, 2000s. Who was murdering people in the 2000s? Oh, oh! Mm. The guy from Saw, Jigsaw. Jigsaw so again, yeah. it's a, there's an asterisk next because to this. he technically doesn't kill so, anyone. His whole argument is they can always survive the traps, yeah. which is bullshit yeah. because they definitely can't. Okay, they can survive the traps, but they're dying of blood loss, right? Yeah. But yeah. The other issue is, he had apprentices because he died in like part three. Yes, 
Yes, and yet true. other people set the traps. Yeah, but Jigsaw had as a character. Mm, yeah. Okay. So because obviously they all. Um, so during the course of the rest of the films, it's always the Jigsaw killer. Yeah. They've listed them as one single thing. So here's the rest of the sort of. I think it's top fifteen or something like this. Mm. So we've got Candyman with fifteen. Although this is, I think, actually predating this year's Candyman. Yeah. Um, Leatherface. Yeah. 31. Ghostface, 36. Yep. That's across all iterations. Uh, Chucky, 47. Impressive. Freddy Krueger, 48. Yeah. Jigsaw, 76. Okay. And now I want you to guess how many Michael Myers has and how many Jason Voorhees right. has. So Jigsaw's And I am including Michael Myers' ones from... Halloween kills. I've done the math separately and added those. Okay, on. Michael Myers. Then I'm going to go 120. Okay, and Jason Voorhees. 140. Michael Myers has killed 155 people. Freaking hell! Now, before Halloween kills, he had killed 128, which just goes to show you how yeah. high that body get. 27 yeah. kills in that movie. Uh, Jason Voorhees, one hundred and seventy. Do you know? Do you do you think anyone would just get tired of killing? Come on, like I mean, you think so? You do right? something one hundred and seventy times. It's not going to be fun anymore. But when it's kind of your only thing, and bear in mind, he did go like a thousand years in the future as well to did... start killing in the future. What? Okay, fair enough. Okay, that's a man who loves killing. So I'm going to give you. Three points there for getting the fact that th- those yeah. three were the top three. Yeah. No um, bonus points for all. But I'm not going to give you any bonus order. points for that. So you're yeah. currently on four points, okay. Okay. which is okay. Um, box office. Okay. Can you name the five highest grossing horror franchises of all time? Franchises? Yeah. Not adjusted for inflation. Okay. Well, I'll just throw Halloween out there. No, okay. Or have I got to say all five? I want you to give. I want you to give me the five that you think it is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then I will tell you how many you're right on. Right. So Halloween. Okay. Friday Thirteenth. Saw. Chucky. And scream. Okay. How many have I got right? So zero. Out you've got five. one of them right. Jeez. I'm gonna. I, I'm actually gonna bring up the the list that I got the rest of them from because you've named a couple that are in the top ten. I think. Okay. So tenth place. Um. And this is, I believe, just before the release of Halloween Kills. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, 10th place, Scream. Yeah. $608 million. Okay. Ninth place, Halloween. Oh. $642 million. Okay. Eighth place, Final Destination. Forgot about Final Destination. I mean, it's not in the top five, so don't yeah. need to worry about that. But eighth place, $665 million. Paranormal Activity at seven. 
Yeah. With $890 million yeah, should, and I a should. total budget of about three. I completely just disregarded anything that wasn't a classic horror franchise, and that was my mistake, I Sixth feel. Sixth place. This is a real... This is a slightly more outside the box one. Hannibal. So, okay. film starring Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. $924 million. Fair enough. Top five. You got number five. Yeah. Saw. Okay. So, one point zero one billion dollars. Impressive. So, okay. can I just? Yeah, I want that, you to guess through the rest. I'll give you hints. Yeah. So, one of them is going to be mm. uh, the Conjuring. That is number one. Two point one two billion dollars. Okay. Insidious. No. Mm. Okay, I'll I'll give you a hint for number four. It's impressive. Because it is the one with the fewest installments on this list. Sinister. Say, um, is it same amount of installments as Sinister? Two. I can't remember. There was a, two. Yes. What horror films made that much? Oh, it. It one point one seven oh. billion dollars. Bloody hell! Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got two more. Third place, long-running film franchise. Don't think strictly horror, but it is a horror property. Ran for about 16, 17 years. Has been mentioned on this podcast today. 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 By you. By me. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. One point two three billion dollars. It's not a horror franchise at all, but okay. Number two. It's a weird one because it has its roots in horror. Yeah. And it's still technically classed as a horror franchise because of this, I think. Uh some of the I would say each of the installments could almost feel like they're within different Alien. genres. Alien, one point seven two yeah. billion dollars. Yeah. The for, I, I def I mean Without doubt, that first film is a horror film. But isn't that but, isn't that remarkable yeah. that over the course of two films, it grossed yeah. over a billion dollars? Yeah, that's in, I mean, it took Resident Evil six of them, but yeah. and that's including, by the way, Saw's uh, Spiral from Book yes. of Saw's um, box yeah. office from earlier this year. So two films. I mean, it was mainly all driven by that first one, which was like seven hundred yeah, million, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the second one didn't do anywhere near as well. No, the second one was not good. Okay, and final round. So I'm giving you one point there for getting sore. Thank you. That's fine. I, I, it's all I deserve. I got. So you're on five wrong. total. You're on five total. Yeah. Uh, round three, final round, award season. Okay. So, the question here: six horror films have been nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Name them. All of them? Name all six. Six points on display here. Okay. Get Out. One point. The Shining. Still one point. Was not nominated. I can start giving you years of nomination if you need, or years oh, of release. It is going to be... This is this one's going to be hard for me, because I imagine a lot of them are going to be 
pre 2010 and i won't know much about them uh yeah so the next earliest uh, sorry the next latest one is 2010 i believe it was black swan black swan two points uh next before that 1999 The butterfly effect. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, I'm broken. No, 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 it's not, it's not the butterfly effect. Oh, good Lord, that really made me laugh. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. This was the second highest grossing movie worldwide in 1999. Oh, shit, The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. Uh, It's not a horror film. It is a horror film. Is it? Yeah. All right. Kids see fucking dead people. Yeah, but... The The whole movie is about ghosts. Yeah, but the, the one the ghost looks like Bruce Willis. It's like if the film... Yeah, but if you're putting Black Swan as a horror movie, which is a psychological thriller more yeah. than a horror, I would say, yeah. it's this is more a horror movie. It's like if the one with Whoopi Goldberg in was called a horror film. It is! What? Scary! What is that on there? Subway well? Ghost! He's scary! Is that no, on there? No, that wasn't nominated for Best Picture, I don't think. Well, actually, maybe it was. Um, look, it's not on there anyway. Okay. What Six Sense is a horror movie. What years have I got left? Uh... So, 1992. I don't know what films came out in 1992. Was that when Event Horizon came out? No, and Event Horizon was never nominated for Best Picture. Okay, fine. We'll go in even further back then. Uh, So... When was it? 1975. Carrie. Good guess. Good guess. Not right, but good guess. Yeah. Uh, it's a film that sort of... Um, this will give it away, I feel. It had sequels. Uh None of them very good. The second one's fine, but two and uh, three and four are bad. Um, very widely recognised as being as a hugely influential film in terms of how filmmaking is perceived nowadays. It was the first of its type. Widely credited as being the first ever of this. I'm not going to tell you what it is because. That should give the game away, I think. Wait, is it Alien? No. But again, good guess. You're in the sort of... I was just... I thought... I was, you're in I the was, right decade, at yeah, least. I was just yeah, thinking, I was thinking Alien was 1979. Um, but then when you said 1975, but when, when you said the first one was good, the second one was pretty good, but the third and fourth weren't good, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it could be Alien. Yeah, it does fit, yeah. Um, okay, widely credited with inventing the summer blockbuster. Oh, okay. It's a horror film. Yes. Jaws, you stupid Paul. Jaws. 
And the earliest one, 1973. One of the most notable horror films of all time, I would say. Watch me get this. Like, if you ask people to name five horror movies, this is probably going to be in there. Is it Texas Chainsaw? No. Oh, 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 The Exorcist. The Exorcist. The Exorcist, yeah. And 1992. Mm. What was 1992? The Exorcist of Emily Rose. Okay, I'm going to remove the opportunity for you to get a bonus point here. The Exorcism of whatever. It was the only one of them to win the Best Picture Oscar. How am I not getting this? And, okay, fine. It was notable for being uh, one of... How many films is it? I think, is it three, four films have ever done the big five at the Oscars? So it won... uh, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay, whether original or adapted. This was the... Is this the most recent one to have done it? Uh, oh! Oh! Oh, okay. Yes, it is the most recent oh, one. Oh! It's Science of the Lambs. Sorry, yes. Then. Science of the Lambs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay? Right. So, I'm going to give you Science of the Lambs. I'm going to give you Jaws, because you got there eventually yeah, with Jaws. Yeah, I'm going to give you, you The Exorcist. Thank you. Uh, and uh, are you not going to give me um, not going to give me the butterfly effect? I'm not going to give um, you the butterfly effect. I will give you the six yeah, cents and black yeah. swan as well. So you did get six yeah. out of six there, but yeah. you removed the opportunity to have the bonus point, which was going to be only one of them as one best picture. Which one is it? Yeah, and it was Science of the Lambs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you did end with a respectable eleven out of however many it was. Eleven potential. out of however many. Yeah, which is fine. It's good and if I, I don't think, know however many. I lost count of yep. how many I was allowing you to have and how many I was like, well, I would dish out bonus points if you... Yeah. I mean, if you'd managed to say, oh, The Conjuring made $2.12 billion, yeah. I would have been really impressed with yeah, that. I'd give you an give extra me, point. Like, probably would have given me 10. But you didn't. Yeah. You just had The Conjuring franchise, yeah. which was correct, of course. Yeah. Anyway, respectable. Respectable, yeah. And what a way to end Shocktober with mm. a respectable conclusion. <laughs> So this is it for I another thought, year. I thought you were going to go, what way to end October with a shocking episode. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's been another year. We'll do this again next year. We've already got some ideas for more episodes for next year. So this is good. This is good. Um, but and, uh, anyway, Andy, I was about to call you. Andy Way. Andy Way. So thank you, Paul, for coming in to co-host. No problem. As ever, you can find us on Facebook. Twitter, just find us on Twitter at Man 15 You can find us wherever you get podcasts. Listen to us there. Rate, gonna, review, subscribe. I'm going to tell Andy that when you, when he's away, that you uh, you don't do the whole social medias. You only do the ah. You can just find us on Twitter. But no, that's what I say. Is it? We, I say find us on Twitter at Man 15 Yeah, that's that's the socials. What about the Facebook? Oh, uh, we don't do the Facebook anymore. Do really? Anymore. Okay. We look if we're responding to someone, it's on Twitter. Cool. If we're not responding to someone, it's anywhere but Twitter. Oh, okay. 
Uh, John and Eve did the theme yeah. song. This time it was all creaky, crawly, and sprinkled with cobwebs. And Poor scored you. by John Carpenter. Yes, of course. And also featured the Monster Mash. Paul, you've been the co-host with the co-most. Thank you. And I've also been a co-host. Oh, can I can I end the podcast with a little a Plug? little horror fact? Oh, okay, I, that, horror fact that I learned this. What week. are you going to tell me about Ghostface Killer's potato chips? So, uh, it is about Ghostface Killer. Okay, uh, it's about the Scream franchise. Okay. Obviously, because it's twenty fifth anniversary, they've been doing some interviews with people who were in it. Yes, and Skeet Ulrich was talking about how yes. he landed the role and said that he was re- he read the he was sent the parts of the script that related to his character. Yeah. So, he turned up on set for day one, and he'd done all his prep, thinking it was a serious horror film. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, and the first scene they shot was the scene at the fountain. Yeah. And he literally, like, after the first cut, he was, like, went over to the director, Wes Craven, being like, what are they doing? They're, make, they're taking the piss, they're trying to, like, tell jokes and be funny, and it's like, mm-hmm. isn't this, like... A se- and he actually called it a documentary on a killer, which is obviously the wrong term, but... Mm. But um, and then uh, yeah, so I li- I really like the idea that that uh, Skeet Ulrich went into Scream thinking yeah I've got to be super serious here it's it's a really serious Wes Craven horror film hmm. and then obviously uh, one day into shooting was like oh no okay that's not what it is at all well I guess we realised that he's never seen New Nightmare either mm. then yeah exactly mm, probably not interesting mm. not. yes interesting mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyway thank you for that nugget. Um, Yeah, until next time, read the whole script, guys. Read the whole script. If you get a script through, read Read all of the bits. Bye. Bye.